You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. It has been ages since I spoke with my next guest. I love having him on uh, to talk all things football. A Super Bowl champion with the Broncos and Peyton Manning back in the day. An analyst, Notre Dame, does a lot of radio work. It is Ryan Harris, former NFL offensive lineman. Ryan, really appreciate you joining the show today. Matt, always fun to join you, and happy holidays to you, my boy David and Solomon and everybody out there in Toronto and beyond. Absolutely. Thank you. Happy holidays right back at you. Um, Let's just start with the uh, let's just start with the bad news. Let's start with the tough stuff, and we'll awkwardly transition from there. You tweeted out earlier today: Super Bowl champion Ronnie Hillman was one of the toughest, hardest working, and hilarious teammates I had the honor to play alongside. Rest in peace, King. He was like thirty-one years old, passed away as a result of cancer. And I'm wondering, Ryan, like people that remembered him as a player, what what should people know about your former teammate? He was better than you thought, and he was willing to prove it. You know, I think the biggest thing, he was undersized at 5'9", listed at 200, but, I mean, he just had a tenacity about him. You know, one of those moments. Oh, I think we might. All right, hold on. Let's get him back on. Ryan, we'll get Harris back on the line in a second. I want to pick up right where he left off. Um, about uh, his former teammate, Ronnie Hillman. And the one thing I always wonder about is how many super talented guys, how many super talented players did we never get to see their peak because of either injury or, or opportunity or just being in the wrong place at the wrong time? And I think about that a little bit with Zach Wilson, who's uh, the Jets taking on the Jags tonight, or even Trevor Lawrence, where in his rookie year, he just he wasn't very good, and part of it was a rookie, not a great team around him, having Urban Meyer as his head coach versus now Doug Peterson. And sometimes guys' success, a lot of it's based on geography, timing, and so many of these other things. And, you know, Ronnie had one real, I mean, statistically great year in 15. Anyway, you know what? Enough of me. Let's just pick it up, Ryan. Uh, you were talking about how, um, uh, about how Ronnie was just, like, just tough as nails. Tough as nails. He'd prove it every day. And, uh, you know, something interesting, too, about Ronnie is as as great of a teammate he was, he was also everyone's friend. And I think that's very hard to do, you know. It's, you can either choose why you like somebody or choose why you don't like them. And, uh, you know, Ronnie was always laughing with guys, you know, giving great gifts to his offensive linemen. Um, but he also was everybody's friend. You could talk to him about anything and he just showed up in every other in every single way, and he didn't care how many carries he got. He never complained about that. He never complained about his usage. Uh, he was a great teammate and a world champion person and player. How hard is that? And I, I'm using this as football, but you can use this for any sport. How hard is it to be everyone's friend in a football locker room? There's 50 plus players. There's going to be cliques. There's going to be groups. Maybe uh, depending on what position you are. How hard is it to be in a, to be a friend to everyone in a locker room? It's incredibly hard. I mean, I think you, it's a choice that you make as an individual, but also part of a lot of it's who you are and your character, right? I mean, yeah. Ronnie was was always you know engaging. He would talk to you. He was you know incredibly confident, but knew that you know his confidence was laughable at times. And 
Um, but to be, but the other thing that he did is he actually would join you. If you were sitting down at the table, he would sit down with you. You know, if you're in training camp, he'd come over, stand next to you before a period and talk to you. I mean, he just he interacted with everyone on the team. And that's why, and he found something that he liked and, and he gave people a chance to like something about him every day. And, uh, and those of us that had the honor of playing with him loved him. And at the time he was, you know, when he came in as a rookie, he was the youngest rookie, I believe in the history of the NFL draft. So. He grew up a lot, and he grew up fast, and he was one hell of a player. Those are really great words. Um, I know it's difficult, but I, Ryan, I appreciate it. I think the, the listeners just, I mean, I did learn something about your former uh, teammate. Um, moving over to the present, and speaking of presents, you know, Christmas, a couple days away, we're in the middle of Hanukkah right now. Uh, but just how hard is it on players and coaches when you're playing on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? For us, the viewer, it's fantastic. More sports, the better. But we're also watching you guys who have to be away from your own friends and family. Yeah, I mean, the Christmas Eve game is fantastic. If you're a player, you love getting that Saturday. You know, you love getting that day before. Um, and it's a sacrifice you have to make. And the funny thing, Matt, is that when you're playing, um, the coaches come in like, hey, guys, we know Christmas is a big deal, so we'll start practice uh, at 9.45. You're like, oh, great, coach. You know, like instead of being in there at 7 or, or for, for Thanksgiving, you know, they'll say, hey, we're going to start practice at 6 in the morning. Well, great, coach. I'm wiped out for dinner. So I think, you know, the biggest thing as a pro in the NFL, you have to understand you're sacrificing holidays now, and you'll hopefully – be at many more later. I mean, I just celebrated my sixth Thanksgiving in 20 years because I was always doing something, oh. you know, uh, or in between a game plan. And that's okay, right? I think a lot yeah. of us, we, we choose a path and we complain about the things, the sacrifices we have to make. But pros in the NFL, you're going to play on Thanksgiving. You know, you're going to play on New Year's Day or Christmas Day. And, and guess what? You know, you might, hopefully you're playing in February too. So you got to pay the cost to be the boss and playing on a holiday is <laughs> part of it in the NFL. Is one of the sneaky advantages of playing on Christmas or near Christmas, did, did that allow you to get away with not having to buy presents? Because, like, I, I, I'm too busy. I, I can't, uh, honey, I'll get you a present later. I'm too busy working on my pass blocking skills. Uh, yeah, I should have I known you then. You know, I think the, in the <laughs> NFL, everybody knows that you have gifts. And, and a really cool thing that happens in the NFL, and this is not the real world, right, but you have a gift exchange. So, you know, typically you do – um, I don't know if the names are appropriate or not, but whatever name you call it of, hey, we're going to get gifts, but if you have higher seniority, I get to take your gift, right? They were yeah, yeah, insane yeah. minimums. Like they had, they had to be a $2,500 minimum for the gift. So, you know, guys what? are walking out with, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, um, so it's, it's an amazing time to be in the NFL because you've never gotten a gift like that. You know, uh, Peyton Manning got us drones before drones were cool. Uh, Matt Schaub got us uh, yeah, 70 inch TVs before they were cool, and you know you're already wow. seeing the scooters and stuff. So, yeah, so you can't come home with all those gifts and say, "Oh, by the way, I didn't have time to go get yours." So, uh, but yeah, you have to be, and you should be giving gifts to those you love, and also those who are in need in the community. Oh, oh I, well, listen. Okay, don't do that because no, I, I don't want to go down what you said there. You're 100 percent right, but I want to stay on the <laughs> opulence theme for a second. What is the best yeah. gift you ever? Uh, what is the best gift you ever uh, gave? And and did you feel pressure uh, to give out the right gift? Oh, I mean, never pressure to give up the right gift because look, if you, if you don't like my 2,500 dollars gift, I don't like you, right? I mean, so <laughs> I mean, you see things like. 
You know, we've seen jewelry and stuff like that, but I, I will tell you, you know, um, there's a lot of hunters and things like that in the NFL. So, uh, yeah. you know, um, someone someone gave me a, a hunting weapon, uh, as people call it. And I, so I said to him, I said, you know, I gave you that Quran earlier in your locker and you just gave me a hunting rifle. People are going to be asking questions about you, dude. And he just kind of got, <laughs> you know, he could understand how quickly, you know, uh, he could have been made out to be a, a terrorist or something like that, you know, so. You have a lot of fun in the NFL, and um, and it's something that at gift-giving time, you're completely blown away, and it's always funny to see the rookies because they're saying, you know, they don't know what to expect. They're just pissed that they spent $2,500 on a gift, but you get what you give in the NFL, and gift-giving season's a fun time. All right, we'll do the more nicer side of this. Again, joined by Ryan Harris. Uh, do you have any memories of around Christmas, of, of going to a, a children's hospital, charity? Uh, you know, like my girlfriend, every year she gives out gifts uh, to, to, like, helping out with uh, uh, lower-income families and people on the streets and things like that. I, I'm wondering, because we always hear a thousand stories of NFL teams and, and just the charity that they do. We see it among the teams here in Toronto. Do you have a story or a moment that sticks out for you? Absolutely. I mean, there was Demarius Thomas staying after practice six o'clock on a Wednesday to to see kids at Santa Claus. And then, you know, Andre Johnson was probably my most generous teammate in terms of giving to the community. He took care of thousands of children uh, each and every holiday season and didn't say a word about it. So, I mean, there are there are acts of kindness everywhere and, uh, and, and especially in the NFL. You know, you do feel incredibly lucky. Yes, there's awesome gifts you're going to get, but to be in this place of, you know, when you're in that facility, you're not worried about food or clothing or hunger. And, you know, for anywhere between 30 and 60% of a football team, you know, Christmas meant something very, very different not too long ago in their life. So it's a a full circle moment, and it's one that everyone appreciates no matter what their faith. I promise I'll ask you one actual football question, but I'm now I'm not getting off this <laughs> just yet. So I, just want, I love having you on. You know I love Ryan. You have great stories. You have specific stories. I love having you on the show. Um, have you ever heard stories of of any teammate ever regifting something they got from a teammate? All the time, every Christmas, <laughs> somebody texts it home, and you know, you know, one teammate, uh, you know, upon opening it, he said, you know, my wife's gonna love this, you know, so. Uh. Uh, yeah, you absolutely regift if you're if you're lucky enough to sneak an item that's twenty five hundred dollars into your home without your significant other noticing it. Absolutely regift that thing, you know. So, uh, so there's a lot there's a lot less uh, you know rules about regifting, but it, it's really cool, you know. I mean, Brock Osweiler got us Apple watches at the time, and half the guys were like, "What the hell am I supposed to do with this?" And now everybody's got oh. them, you know. So you're so you're on the cutting edge a lot when it comes to gift-giving season. I don't know what that gift is this year, but I'm sure we'll find out on Instagram in the next two hours. Yes, I'm sure we will. Yeah, sure we will. Well. You're at drones and 7-inch TVs and Apple Watches. Yeah, you guys yeah, were like five years ahead of everyone else. All right. Um, yeah, only one. Yeah, we only have time for one sports question. I'm not going to do Mahomes versus Hurts for the MVP. What I'm more curious about, and uh, just because you know, uh, what I'm more curious about is with Philadelphia and how, as a former offensive lineman, how good is the entire Eagles offense around Jalen Hurts? And I'm not saying this because he doesn't deserve a win. If Jalen Hurts wins the MVP, fine, I'm great with it. But you know, uh, uh, when you look at the tackles and Jason Kelsey, this is such a great offense around the quarterback. What do you see when you watch Philly's offense? I see half of an offensive line that's won a Super Bowl, and you have a defense that is just absolutely insane. I mean, 
there were two players on that defense. Bradley, I believe, was one of them, and they should have gotten on there too. So um, you have a talented defense, a, t- a talented, experienced offense. And then, of course, you know, you've got A.J. Brown who's trying to fight his way for number one receiver over Justin Jefferson. And I'll tell you what, that's a close battle. So, But the thing that's uh, 100% noticeable for anyone who's won a championship watching the Eagles is that they are completely determined to win a football game any way it has to happen. They're willing to be down to come back and beat you. They're willing to maintain a lead to come back and beat you. They're willing to punt on four, punt after a third down close play in the first and second quarter because they know it's coming in the second half. The defensive line knows to save their best pass rush move till the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth, if they need it. The, the willingness is 100% apparent of that Eagles team. And ultimately, with all the talent, that's going to be the biggest factor in their success this playoff season. Ryan, happy holidays to you, to your family. Uh, always appreciate when you take time to join the show. Uh, I always learn something, and it's always so much fun. So all the best. Thanks for chatting. Hopefully we can talk soon. Thanks, Matt. Happy holidays. Peace. Yes, yes, that is Ryan Harris, former offensive lineman, and won a Super Bowl with the Broncos and Peyton Manning back at Super Bowl 50. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, some of our favorite bets and why Jags and Jets tonight is a really good game. And we'll get into that right after traffic. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. That's a cool G, Daddy. You gotta let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everyone. To producer Josh, make sure you got to keep this music playing. Every year that David Letterman was doing shows, I need a little more volume, Josh. I need a little more volume. There we go. Darlene Love would sing Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home. And the cool thing is, Go back and check out clips of her singing that with Letterman in 1986 versus this one, where it's like 2009, 10 or 11, somewhere around then. And it's so different, but her voice is incredible. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cos, right here on TSN 1050. want to remind everyone that tomorrow's Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated $15 million. So here's what you do. You text Max and your name to 105050 for your chance to win $100 in Lotto Max tickets with Encore. Standard message rates apply to all entries. Lotto Max, dream to the max. And one prop bet in tonight's game, I noticed that both myself and Josh are in agreement, and I know the weather's not going to be great, but Trevor Lawrence over 212 and a half yards against the Jets. Yes, Sauce Gardner is great, but Trevor Lawrence is coming into his own. He has gone over that number in 10 games, under it in three more. I love Trevor Lawrence over 212 and a half yards. And if you look at what he has done since week 10, 13 touchdowns, one interceptions, um, all the big numbers are up. And uh, so we're in agreement, Josh. We both like the over for Trevor Lawrence tonight. We do. The weather is supposed to be very wet, very bad um, <laughs> in New York, New Jersey. And, it, and that's what's swaying the line here. It dropped from 214 
to 209. So everybody's on that little downfall streak. But people tend to forget of the receivers and the connection that he's been doing these last couple of weeks with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. They've been connecting, even Evan Ingram. All of them have connected on full on all cylinders, and I get it. New York Jets defense, they're pretty good. They're solid. Held Stephon Diggs, held, held Gabriel Davis to no touchdowns. That's they're fine. good against the pass, against receivers. Yeah. It's evident. But when you're coming into a must-win game such as tonight, and Matt, i got to stop us here. Did we ever think a Jets-Jaguars game on a Thursday night week 16 would mean this much? No, Dwayne Brown came out and said, we have to win this week. It is must win in our eyes. The Jags have won two in a row for their past six. They're a game behind Tennessee. They've already beaten Tennessee once. So the end of the year game between the Jags and Titans could decide which crappy team wins that crappy division. Um, But the stakes are massive. The Jets, longest postseason drought. Uh, They've made the playoffs in 12 years. And then maybe the one I'm most interested in, I'm interested in Zach Wilson because he's going to look across the field and he's going to see the only quarterback drafted higher than him in the 2021 NFL draft. Trevor Lawrence went one. Zach Wilson went two. Zach Wilson has been benched for a month before returning last week because of the injury to Mike White. His numbers are more interceptions and touchdowns, bad completion percentage, but there's a lot of rookie quarterbacks that put up bad numbers. And fair or unfair, it feels like Zach Wilson is fighting not for his NFL career, but certainly his Jets career. The stakes in this game are crazy high. Trevor Lawrence wants to continue to prove, yeah, he can be elite. Zach Wilson wants to prove he belongs in the NFL, and both these teams have a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. And I will tell people straight out when I think we got a bad Thursday night game on this station. I'm not going to be company man. You know, I'll try to find ways to make even a bad game interesting. But this game, I can't wait. I want to see Trevor Lawrence in bad weather on the road where there's actual stakes coming off a career-high four touchdown passes last week against the Dallas Cowboys. I, you know, it's crazy to say, yeah. but Jets-Jags is actually a good game. It's a surge from the New York Jets at the start of the year, now to what the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars are doing. And they're looking at this game. It was in the calendar after they went on those winning streaks of their own. Knew that Zach Wilson's going to be the signal caller for tonight. There's so much at stake for both these teams. MetLife yeah. will be absolutely buzzing. I think I'll sway towards the plus odds Jaguars pick. We have to give it to Trevor Lawrence. He's turned into an elite quarterback, if you don't want to believe it or not. His arm looks phenomenal right now. It will just become a, more of a defensive game that will probably get to him. The, but the Jets do have some scores as well, so that's why the line is only only set at a two and a half. A field goal could decide this game, at. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right, on the other side, it's been a while since we talked to him. Wesley Chang is going to join the show, TSN Edge, betting analyst on all things NBA. We'll get back into the 52-point night for Pascal Siakam and how is parity impacting betting on games. We will do that after traffic, which is brought to you by JanPro, proudly serving Canadian businesses for over 25 years. Put your trust in JanPro, the leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services. Visit janpro.ca today. Wesley Chang joins us next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. This is found money. I want to parlay it. I want to make a big score. Embrace the odds. I want winners.
absolute classic. David Bowie and Bing Crosby. Singing a little drummer boy. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Joining us now, a man who beats by his own drum. Oh, that was so cheesy by me. It's Wesley <laughs> Chang from TSN Edge. Oh, that stunk. That was horrible. How you doing, Wesley? Cause I'm doing great. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I need your help. You're a smarter fella than me. So That's, uh, overstate- me- That's an overstatement for sure. All right. Let, let me ask you a question. Um, where are the Golden State Warriors right now in the standings? Where are they in the standings? Yeah, where are they? Are, are, oh, help me out. Are they, are they in first? They are one game above the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. And they're like in 10th place, correct? They are 11th. They're not even in the playoffs. 11th. Oh, my God, they're in 11th. Explain to me why they're barely four to one to win the West, while the Western leading Denver Nuggets are seven to one. How is Golden State still the third has the third lowest odds to win the NBA Western Conference? Well, look, they're not going to get punished for leaving a number like that there. If you want to bet the, the Warriors a four to one at your leisure, but you know, chances are they probably already have a lot of exposure to the Warriors to win the West. And then um, there's no reason to, for them to panic just yet until they figure out exactly what Curry's status is going to be when how long he returns. Because you got to remember with all of these ones, the other one that should stand out to you is also the Clippers. These are all to win the Western Conference, not to finish as the number one seed. Two Correct. very, very, very different bets. Yes, absolutely. If I bet if I looked at, yes, the highest wins, that'd be very different. And I love the fact that the Clippers have the, uh, the Raptors have a better scoring differential than the Los Angeles Clippers, but the Clippers have the second shortest odds to win the West. That is the, the story of that stat. I've been yelling about it for the last couple of weeks. Vegas, FanDuel, everyone loves Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's, he's got a track record, right, of success, mm-hmm. you know, wherever he goes. Yep. Health, you know what? I mean, everybody knows it. It's just health. What version are we going to get from him come April? And to be honest, I don't think anybody actually knows the answer. And yet, the second lowest odds to win it all. Um, big picture, and again, joining Wesley Chang from TSN Edge. How, and with something we've talked about before, but I can make the case for nine, maybe ten NBA teams could win the NBA championship, and I would not get laughed out of the room. How much is all this parody impacting betting? I like the good old days. Actually, I hate the good old days. But in the good old days, you could just money line, parlay it up, and feel pretty good about your bets on a night-in, night-out basis. Yeah, I know you love the parody, Cause. And, you know, I'm with you there. It's exciting, man. Like you talk, like, Let's look at the Western Conference. You know, the Nuggets, like you said, they're in first. They're tied with the Grizz for first. But one through ten, like every play-in team and above, are separated by four games. Yeah. So literally, like, you know, the the T-Wolf can go on a little hot streak here, and literally by the end of January, they could literally be ahead and number one in the Western Conference. Um, I mean, the Celtics, right? They've been on a pretty massive slump, and now all of a sudden, Cleveland's a half game behind them. Bucks are in first. And then those pesky Nets, they're right there. 
They're literally two and a half games out of being the number one seed in the East. So it's wacky, and it's been really hard to bet. I don't think it's been easy at all. Um, it's not as obvious, I guess, when you talk about money lines. But, you know, um, if you can pick your matchups that you like particularly, especially some road-away data, I think there's opportunities. But uh, I don't think picking sides in the NBA has been easy at all this year. No, I, th- I think it's been I think it's been incredibly difficult. And as much as we love Milwaukee, they lose by forty one the other night to Memphis. And Chris Middleton's health is going to be an issue for the entire year. So even them, you can't hundred percent trust. Even though you want to trust in the Bucks, you mentioned the Nets, and you tweeted out about this: the Kevin Durant MVP odds from twenty five to one to twelve to one. Could it be that if he can get the Brooklyn Nets top three, top two, and put up incredible numbers, could that be enough to get voters to forget about what Kevin Durant tried to pull off this summer? Okay, so I, I got a press. I also wrote an article about Nikola Jokic and his MVP odds. Oh, we'll do that make next. No- yeah, so I got to make it known to the public. Right? I don't control, obviously, I don't control any of these odds, but it is wild to me that one blowout win over the Warriors can slice somebody like Kevin Durant's MVP odds in half. I, I, I still am flabbergasted by it. Like, I, I'm, I'm just not qualified enough to know exactly how they priced that out because it's not like he had a huge line either. It's, it was the result. They scored 90, what, 93, 91 points in the first half. So that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but Kevin Durant has all of this negative goodwill out there. Everyone kind of beats up on him in social media but he's the top, he's the top, he's got the top field goal percentage of all the players scoring 30 points or more. And crazily at this stage in the season, there's seven of them. Um, You look at a lot of the advanced metrics, he's right there at the top. Uh, I think the fact that Brooklyn is now, you know, well, a seven game win streak, the best win streak in the NBA, the fact that they're creeping right back up to the number one seed, you're kind of putting to bed all of that weird stuff that happened right around Steve Nash's firing and Kyrie's suspension. If they go on a run here, so I I mentioned they got two big games coming up. If they beat Milwaukee and Cleveland back-to-back, which is what's next on the schedule, that shoots them right up, that shoots them right up to the two seed, and then it's a four-way fight for the top of the Eastern Conference. So uh, not that crazy to me for it to happen. And if that scenario plays out over the next, what, five, seven days, Kevin Durant will inevitably inevitably be part of the conversation. And he deserves to be. It's just people hate him. (laughs) Right. Well, sports hate. I sports hate Kevin Durant. I don't Mm -hmm. actually hate him Mm -hmm. as a – I don't actually hate him as an individual, as a a private citizen. But sports hate, oh, it's high for Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wesley, more likely to happen. Kyrie Irving is named the NBA Finals MVP or Kyrie becomes the new CEO for Twitter. More likely to happen. Uh, he could be a Finals MVP. It's not out of the realm of possibility, for sure. If the Nets actually get there, like Kyrie is very capable of having like these explosive scoring nights. So, uh, yeah. Slight edge well, on the we'll MVP over that. Twitter CEO. Okay. Well, okay. We'll put the we'll put the uh, we'll we'll put the the Twitter CEO. We'll get that out. Like we'll leave that one. We'll leave that one on the sideline there, cause. <laughs> you, 
Jokic the other night, 13-13-13 as the Nuggets beat the Memphis Grizzlies. And the funny thing is, if he had two more rebounds and one less assist, we wouldn't be talking about it as much. But everyone in sports, we love the numbers. And it was just such a quirky line that Jokic had the other night. Um, The question I have is, how much better does his numbers have to be from everyone else to win a third MVP because no one wants to vote a guy three times in a row? Well, here, so this, this is the argument. Do you think the NBA would allow someone like Nikola Jokic to achieve a feat that not even LeBron James or Michael Jordan was able no. to do? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. They gave it to Carl Malone. They gave one to Derrick Rose. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's all these things. No, no. They won't do it. I it just it would take so, so much. So I went through this exercise with my team, and then I, I wrote in an article on .tsn.ca. Here's my criteria. This is what I think has to happen. Denver can't just be the number one seed in the West. They have to finish the season with the league's best record. That's criteria one. Yeah. Number two, I think he actually has to average a triple-double. And then number three, he's at twenty four point seven. He's at twenty four point seven points per game right now. Yeah, he has to get above twenty seven, which is what he scored last year. Right now, if he can check all three of those boxes, which isn't crazy, it's, it could happen. If he gets all three of those check boxes, then I think it does become a very fair argument. But even in that situation, listen to how outrageous some of those asks are. I think it has to be that way because. The, the precedent is they wouldn't let LeBron do it. They wouldn't let Michael do it. If, yeah. if they're, if they're going to kind of – and they did it to Michael twice. If they're going to block them twice from having a three-peat, no one's done it since Larry Bird, they better be damn sure Nikola Jokic is that much better of a player than everyone else in his era right now. And I think the truth is, you ask any NBA fan, he is not that superior to his peers um, in this generation of players. No, he's not. By the way, though, asking a center to average 10 or more assists is crazy, but he's at 9.2 now. And the funny thing is, just from a basketball point of view, the Denver Nuggets are probably better if Jokic is averaging 10 assists but under 25 points because that means everyone else around him is oh, doing more. Oh, for sure. Now, I'm with you yeah. there 100%. And this is all without Michael Porter Jr., who yeah. has been injured for shocking. quite a bit of time. So he would hit a ton of buckets off of Jokic yeah. passes, right? So, yeah. I mean, 10 assists is not crazy, I'd say, for Jokic. It's not. It's not. By the way, Michael Porter being healthy is crazy. Um, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you tweeted out about how the Raptors' recent losing streak certainly wasn't great for you or any of your picks. Um, I, I wonder, from a betting perspective, what has the last couple of weeks been when it comes to trying to figure out the Raptors? And at least last night, I, I got both right. I said the Knicks would, uh, the Raptors would beat the Knicks, and I took Siakam over 32.5 points and rebounds. A pretty easy night for me. Yeah, it hasn't been a good stretch, cause <laughs> hasn't been good. <laughs> you know, we go on the broadcast. We gotta have you know Raptors team positive bets we put out there for the audience. Yeah. Um, you know, can you imagine if we just threw out four or five same game parlays in a row that are all fading the Raps? We'd get a we get a very quick call from Raptors yeah. PR to ask us what are we doing over here at the uh, <laughs> the TSN network. So. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been good cause, all right? I'm not going to lie, but we threaded the needle with one last night. We were able to get it done, and the Raptors obviously got on the windshield, which is the most important uh, narrative. So hopefully this 
kind of fixes everything. But hey, that game tomorrow is not going to be any easier than last night. So um, they got to keep right at it. Can't celebrate for too long. Nope. And uh, it was a hell of, by the way, just I, I think my, from a, a fantasy standpoint, what stood out for me, it's not just getting 52 points and only missing eight shots. It's 18 trips to the free throw line. Oh, you love to see it. You love to see it. That's, I mean, like, let alone from a fantasy standpoint, like, that's what the Raptor, like, a ra- the superstar of this team who is supposed to be our, like, bucket getter, you have to show an ability to get to the free throw line. That's what all the superstars in the league are capable of doing. Um, so the fact that he got up to a season-high 18 free throws, excellent sign, and hopefully that can carry forward. On the other side, Scotty Barnes last night represented the 10th game in 28 that it sees he has had zero free throws. Of those 28 games, 19 of them, he said two or fewer. If I want to look at the number one thing that's uh, just sort of bummed me out about this year, and I got, I got plenty of faith still in Scotty Barnes, good guy, hard worker, great coaching staff around him. But his, his 57 minutes without a free throw and the lack of free throw attempts, that's the one that kind of makes me the most nervous. Yeah, I think offensively you're seeing there's kind of a, there's a little bit, been a little bit of regression actually from last season, which is tough to watch. Um, but for me, it's the defensive side. Like, you know, your shot's not going down. You're not figuring out how to get your buckets. That's no excuse to have defensive lapses. That's actually exactly what you're supposed to do when your shot's not going down. You know, yeah. you don't, we, we like, you know, the Hito Terkelu days ball, right? Like there's only uh, one ball to go around the floor on the offensive end. So if his shot's not working for him, like pick it up defensively. That's an, like a very easy way to impact winning. And uh, I thought that was actually the part of his game uh, that looked worse last night than the poor shooting. And it directly correlates why Nick Nurse, Hold him in the fourth. And honestly, that was a great call by Nurse. Yep, absolutely. Hey, always a great call when we get the chance to chat. Check it his work at tsn.ca slash edge. It is Wesley Chang. Wesley, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your uh, now expanded family. All the best. <laughs> God, have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas, sir. Right, take care. Right back at you. That is Wesley Chang from TSN Edge. All right, on the other side, sound of the day, a really funny clip about Fred Van Vliet talking about Siakam getting close, but not close enough to Van Vliet's scoring record. We will get into that right after traffic. This is Gameplay. Can I get in on that? On TSN 1050. You broke his thumbs. It was an accident. <laughs> is that what you call it when somebody doesn't pay up? Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. A little Bruce Springsteen, one of the greatest rock Christmas songs of all time. I want to remind everyone that's left in the first up football survivor pool at TSN1050.ca. Go there, make your pick. 
Last person standing will score a free set of Rodex tires along with install at your local Cal Tires. $2,500 in cash. TSN 1050s. First up, Football Survivor Pool, sponsored by Rodex, an exclusive Cal Tire brand. All right, and also a reminder that the show brought to you by FanDuel, but on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Let's do it. At the end of each and every show, it's time now for Sound of the Day. Sound of the Day, Sound of the Day. Here comes the Sound of the Day. And for Sound of the Day, we've got to go back to Fred Van Vliet, who still holds the Raptors record for most points in a game with 54. Siakam got 52, and Fred was asked if he's relieved that Siakam didn't break his record. No, I'm not I'm not relieved at all, but, um, you know, yeah, I mean, Pete knows what's up with me, so he got he got some work to do if he want to beat my record. He's gonna have to try to do it again. But I was I was hoping that uh, he would uh, crack 50. I wasn't really thinking about the 54 to the last eight seconds, and um, you know, yeah, I, I held the last one so he couldn't get two free throws. <laughs> I love it. That is great. That's fun. yeah, a fun moment. And he, the bigger picture thing is what you hope for is. I hope the Raptors go on a heater. I don't want this performance uh, to be for naught. You know, where it's just, you know, it, it's like, hey, that was a great moment. Oh, then the Raptors last five, uh, Raptors lost five of the next six. But 52, nine rebounds, seven assists. Should have been more than seven assists. Did not get a lot of help from a lot of guys around him. He dragged the Raptors to a 113-106 win against a New York Knicks team that had won eight in a row. Uh, tonight, the Jets 5-0 and against the spread against an opponent with a losing record. 5-1 and against the spread following a loss. I'm taking all those stats and throwing it out the window. I like the Jags to win. I like Trevor Lawrence over 212 and a half yards and mine is 113. I think it's going to be a great game, a fun game tonight between the Jets and the Jags. Even if it's ugly, there is stakes at hand, legitimate stakes for these teams for making the playoffs, also legitimate stakes for Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick in last year's draft. Wow, do we rush these guys. They think, all right, oh, you're not doing well, great. We're going to move on from you. So uh, that's the, that that's the reality of professional sports there, Matt. It's dumb. It's a dumb reality. You should give guys at least another year, a year and a half. A Jags Jets, 8 o'clock tonight. Everyone out there, be good, be safe, driving around. We're waiting to see what kind of storm we could have tonight and tomorrow. Keep an eye on the news. Keep an eye on CP24. And that will do it for me. Have a great day, everyone. Overdrive is coming up next. Game plan on TSN 1050 brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Ah, oh, it's Brian Hayes, Frankie Corrado, and one of our favorites, Kara Wagland. Overdrive right after traffic.